Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Havler and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also the Rampage, baby, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week completes with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sufjik on a bit of a topsy-turvy day. That's right, we're doing <laughs> a preview before the review. <laughs> Wacky Wednesday. Do you ever have that with your kids? What's up? My nephew does this sometimes. Where his mum will be go like, to bed at four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite. Please. But they, they do. They do do a thing where they say like, "Oh, you're going to have cereal for tea." What? It's a topsy-turvy day. It blows their mind. That sort of stuff absolutely blows their mind. Like a like a, a sandwich, a supper or something. So what is going on here? Is everything okay with mum and dad? It's like we just can't be arsed anymore. Sandwiches for tea. <laughs> Michael Hamlet has never grown up. Cereal for tea again. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I still get buzz. I've never done this. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite. I'm a bit of a strict father. I, I might as well be setting fireworks off in the garden when I'm saying we're going on the bus. <laughs> A polished turd. That's my entire life as a dad. It's just polishing turd all day, every day. Polish those turds. Since I wake up, right? Malted wheaties, is it? Yeah, have that. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready, right? It's it's bath time. That right? It's go to bed. It's like, dad, I'm not, I'm not four anymore. <laughs> I can't go to bed at, at eight o'clock. I mean, I'll sell this <laughs> and put you to bed at eight o'clock, and he goes to bed like quarter to nine. I'm not selling this. <laughs> it's been like months now. I've, yeah. I've started selling it, but for a while, I'm just not selling it. James, go to sleep. <laughs> Dad, I'm not Dad, tired. I'm not tired. Sounds like your problem, that does. <laughs> Kids are so weird, though, because, like, say, uh, Josh, my youngest, does the exact same thing. He's like, Dad, I'm not four anymore. I'm six. It's like, yeah, you need to understand there's nothing different. <laughs> the thing is, though, like, to us, there isn't. To them, it's an absolutely yeah. monumental difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we're doing the uh, the Dynamite preview first day because uh, we've only got Stitch for half the day. I know he'd much prefer to talk about AW than NXT. We made him the kid in this scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dynamite in the morning? What? <laughs> 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 twist when it comes tomorrow when I go, so Stitch, we've saved the NXT 2.0 review for now. Uh, right, anyway. Victory is a dad. Sorry. Just to oh, no, I like a this. Bit more dad. I had a real victory is a dad. You do, you alternate 
kid bedtimes. So yeah, sometimes I'll oldest kid yeah, and yeah. then youngest, then oldest and youngest. So so it's to not like sort of get favourites or anything like that. And basically, they would both go with the mum if I just <laughs> dipped out. <laughs> but like, I had such a nice walk home with my daughter yesterday. It was just a beautiful, wholesome time. But just before we got to the door, she went, "Dad, I don't want you to take me to bed two nights in a row." <gasps> it's like that's that is the win. You can't cultivate this. You go, no, no, it's mum's turn. Mum's really looking forward to it. But that's something you've been a good parent, so they can actually stomach you for an extra half an hour. <laughs> it's the crushing paradox of having two children, isn't it? Is that like everyone's life is better when you've only got one? So if you split the kids, I'm up not for, saying that. I'm, I'm having it. If you split the kids up for the day, you just said like a beautiful walk home with your daughter. When it's one on one, it's just like a doddle because you're used to having two and it's like, well, I've like cut my work in half by 50% here. But also you have quality time rather than just then just having to bollock them because they're fighting or having to bollock them because they're not doing what they're told. They're having to bollock them because they're not going where they should go or whatever. It's just like, oh, actual interaction, loving time with it. And then it's like, do we like each other? It feels like this big twist. And then you get back in the house and it's like both of them together again. It's like, Oh yeah, this is it. This is the actual life. This is the this is the real say, fucking quiz. I'm gonna timestamp this for when we're in the midst of the six weeks holiday. Oh my god, not even. Oh yeah, I was so stressed about planning the six week holiday yesterday that I inadvertently reformed education in the UK. <laughs> like I was, my mate's a teacher. Nine and to five, right? We got a minute on this. Nine to five, straight away. Right? No six week holidays anymore. Teachers run uh, January to December, but get. I think teachers are amazing, get 40 days annual leave to use as and when they wish. So it's more generous than, I would say the going average is about 20, the statutory average is, tw- is uh, sorry, the statutory is 20, going average is about 25. So they're getting 15 to 20 more than the average, right, for their incredibly hard graft <laughs> and their shaping of young minds. Yeah. But they can take days off whenever they want. And they have a, there is a pool of freelance understudies, like you'd have with plays, who step in that day so that a teacher can take any mm-hmm. holiday. And they know, well, I'm a freelancer, so I could get called with a few days' notice. Because you're putting in annual leave yeah. time, right? Kids don't have six-week holidays anymore, but they have, say, like one-week half-terms every three months. So there's notice for parents to sort a week of annual leave. It fits dual working parent households so much more because the system is archaic and ancient and doesn't work. And kids never have to have like long stretches ever mm. again. But those weeks create opportunities for families to have holidays if they want to take them without having to pay the fines. The fines reduce them slightly, remain a welcome part of all this because a kid could really like a teacher. It's like, oh, my teacher's taking annual leave that week. And the family could be like, well, I'll tell you what, then we'll book our family holiday and pay the fine because you really like having There should be no Mr. fines Smith's in this classes. system. Maybe there's no need for fines. There should be no need for fines in this new <laughs> system. you have this to this extent just because you're like, oh, for yeah, because it's an absolute time. headache planning a six-week holiday because the system doesn't work. The like system that. doesn't work for two-parent, no. uh, working parent families. And that's almost everybody now <laughs> because yeah. we're all being ground to dust. So like, it doesn't, like, you get you get 20 to 25 annual leave days, most people, um, or that's what kind of you're expected to take with occasional flexes or alternate sort of benefits. And there's, like, what, 40 days where the kids <laughs> are at school, like, in the summer alone. <laughs> This is a neat little segue. Go on. Right. This is why British podcasters in their mid to late 30s, right, need Dynamite to be absolutely excellent because we need all of the escape as impossible. Yeah. And if it's a seven and people are like, oh, you're being too harsh on this, I need it. <laughs> right? I need it. Life is stressful. Well, so it, I want a nine. Give us a goddamn nine every week. It certainly looks a hell of a show tonight off the back of that excellent Brody King victory on Royal Rampage. Sorry, Royal Rampage, of course. <laughs> uh, tonight he challenges John Moxley for the interim AEW World title. What a match this is on the card, Oh, my God. Cannot wait for this. Cannot wait for this. There's going to be a moment in this match, right? 
can almost guarantee it. I was going to say, I hope it gets a time and they don't do their sort of all-too-frequent timing snafus. But this doesn't really need to be an epic. This could go like 10 minutes and be wild. It's all about the placement of the commercial breaks. This is the match that I feel like has such potential as a quality TV match that could be badass that I worry about the clock winding down or when the advert break's going to happen or if they've got anything planned for the post-match. I want 12... Like, do the entrances at, like, 22, right? Do the thing where... Um, like you go to break very early, so just get it out of the way to let them build something. So I generally think this could be absolutely special. There's going to be a moment in this match where they'll tell the story so perfectly of John Moxley just trying to batter this bloke who is so good at playing the monster. There is going to be a moment where about three or four minutes before the finish, Brody King is going to look in terms of stature and aura and Jesus Christ almost his physique as a Lovecraftian horror in that ring. <laughs> and then there's going to be a moment, one or two minutes later, where John Moxley just beats the ever-loving f***ing shit out of him. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. The crowd's going to be on their feet. Like, I don't want John Moxley to bleed in every single match, right? Because, you know, he's got a beautiful forehead. And, you know, I just want to be happy. I, want, I just want to have a nice forehead for the rest of his life. Sorry, handsome guy. But if he bleeds here, he starts, like, smearing it in Brody King's eyes in the bulldog choke and just trying to do anything to get this monster down. Like, this is going to go so hard. This is going to be so theatrical in the most action movie fight scene of ways. Never too, like, cinematic or stylized or anything. Just two guys with an absolutely irresistible dynamic between them. That echoes the John Moxley versus Brody Lee. Um, just John Moxley against monsters. Mm-hmm. It's just an awesome formula. Um, I expect this to be great. There's absolutely no drama of a title switch, but they're clever enough to subvert this. They're going to make you kind of forget that it's a title match about two-thirds of the way in and just make it feel like an absolutely ungodly war for the goddamn survival. My hopes and expectations for this match are possibly a little bit too high. I just think it could be something incredibly special. And I think they've booked it because they know it can be incredibly special. Tony Khan's got this great record of just a little... He builds his case of Booker of the Air. One, because virtually everybody else is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but two, like, just week by week. It doesn't have to do an MGF versus CM Punk every pay-per-view cycle. Like, week by week, you, just, you see certain parents where you're like, he's a proper matchmaker, which is kind of the same thing, I guess, as a Booker. But, like... He's a long-term storyteller and a great matchmaker mm. as well, which never really goes mentioned as much as it should. And this is one of his best-made matches. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it speaks volumes, I think, as looking at your best matches of 2022 so far available right now at whatculture.com. And you can't argue with any of it, really, especially the AW entries. And there's obviously several of them because of all the reasons you, you've laid out there. Yeah, Moxley, I gave him three, spoiler alert, for the article. He's just the absolute best wrestler of the year. He was saying on the sessions... I'm sorry, I'll let him talk in a minute. <laughs> sorry. He was talking on the sessions, which is an absolute must-listen. Mm-hmm. There's an absolutely wonderful bit about the... There's a penny-drop moment when he's talking about the... Uh, inspiration behind the Blackpool Combat Club and why he thought it would be a great vehicle to get someone over. And when he uses the analogy that he uses, which I won't spoil, it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's a genius thing. It's kind of been done before, but not as well. But why wouldn't anyone do Mm. this in pro wrestling? Um, There's a bit on the sessions where he was talking about how he left when he was in that summer of 2018 
when he was uh, on the rehab trail for his injury. Um, I was like, I want to leave. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't want to go back to this, but I do really want to do something else in wrestling. And this was when AEW was not even a trade. We recommended yet. it then. We recommend it now. Chronicle. Oh, Still on the network. Go treat yourself. Yeah. Chronicle like, is watching Pre Moxley man. Moxley. Chronicle. Dean Ambrose Chronicle, released in late 2018 on the WWE Network, is absolutely crawling with subtext of, this guy is not happy and he wants to leave. Like, even his demeanor mm. back then, it's like, we should have known. Like, our surly, swole mocks, just no miserable wants to get the hell out of their mocks. Um, but yeah, there's a bit in the sessions where he was like, during that summer, he was just miserable, didn't want to go back, knew he wanted to wrestle elsewhere. Um, where he was saying, like, I had in my head this vision of what I wanted to be as a professional wrestler, the style, the stories I wanted to tell, like my ring style and how I wanted to tweak it. Um, but I just had this horrible epiphany of, I can't do any of this when mm. I go back there because they're just going to tell me how they want me to wrestle. And he's like, it was like, it was cruel to hope and to fantasy book his matches and all the rest of it. And he said on the sessions, like this year feels like the moment where I'm finally putting that original thing together in his head, like in the ring. And he absolutely is because this year he's been wonderful and I expect tonight to be a continuation of that. Yeah, I'd like just share all those sentiments and indeed the ones on the match, really. It felt right from the moment Brody like, won the Battle Royal. Uh, we sort of did a process of elimination on Rampage. It's not going to be that guy, not going to be that because we haven't seen all the spoilers. Mm. We, and Sidge eventually settled on Brody King and it's a hell of a pick. Yeah, well, I'd gone, we, me and Sidge had talked about this in the office. I'd gone down this like fantasy booking blind alley about Darby Allen winning. Because I want to see Darby Allen and Moxley again because they have this fantastic, terrifying chemistry. And I thought Allen would want it because he'd want the title, because he'd want another shot of Punk after, all out a year after he kind of lost. And he's had, like, sorry, Becky Lynch, he's had, like, the real downward spiral. Things haven't really gone Darby Allen's way since he lost to CM Punk. And I thought there was a story to be told there. When he's not there with Sting. Yeah. But instead, there is, rather than a, a longer story to be told, there is just a cool match to be made instead, and both are valid. Like, it's, it's much nicer. I think I don't think Tony Khan's matchmaking went to pot over the last few months. I think your storytelling has, and ideally you want to be doing both. And I've got, like, a good feeling about this Dynamite anyway, and a good feeling about AEW. We were talking on the Rampage review about... Because the Blade's fine, on it. Well, yes, indeed. But there's been a few little clues peppered throughout some of the stories to suggest that they've kind of... They're starting again. He's kick, he seems to be kicking off a lot of longer-term stories all at once, and that gives me a good feeling about like AEW between now and All Out. And I guess this is a part of it, because if... Well, Moxley will beat Brody King tonight, but this could lead to a Blackpool Combat Club House of Black six-man yeah. that is not that patronising, ooh, they're having the match before the singles match. Because that's what WWE does. It's like, well, you know the singles match is coming, but we're going to delay it with the, the, the tag matches and the trios matches and whatever. This is now the title match has been had, but it's created anger between the groups. And that's far less patronizing as a way to book and yet still gives you an awesome match. I could see that on next week's Rampage because it wouldn't need to be on Dynamite, but it would rule. The Blackpool Combat Club versus the House of Black would absolutely rule. You could even give the House of Black the win, like a huge feather in their cap by pinning Wheelie Uda or something like that, right? Like it's a, a huge result for them. But the, the title match, the main business yeah. has been sort of taken care of here. I would much prefer it that way around. And I honestly think they could provide that. It's in Rochester. So if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Oh, and the best just happens to be your own match. You know, Moxley, they absolutely should lean on Moxley and Brody Lee from Double or Nothing. If not in what they present in vibe, just in the energy of that. So you mentioned survival. That John, A guy like John Moxley doesn't often have to wrestle to fight for his life. And that always works mm. when he does. He did it, really. And it's kind of been forgotten. But he did it really artfully against, um, was it Brian Cage? 
When Brian the, Cage won the rep, they face of the yeah with the towel stuff. Yeah, like that was kind of it was one of the forgotten great moments because there were so many great John Moxley moments in 2020. But he allowed himself to be weakened, I guess, because Cage was just a monstrous figure. He's brilliant at this too, just mm. like he's brilliant at most things. This, this, I think this, I, I like, I've got that same sort of like very, very high expectation, but I don't approach that with any trepidation. I, th- I just think they'll deliver. Is it fair to say that the odds of a title changing hands in this match and the odds of a title not changing hands in the other title match are kind of the same in terms of, I think most people anticipate that Wardlow walks out of tonight's Dynamite as TNT champion, facing Scorpio Sky in a street fight, no less. Yeah, I would, what I want from this is the result, not just because I really love Wardlow, uh, is be- I think this reflects absolutely what AEW is when he wins the title. Um, they're not the company that want the heat, in inverted commas, so desperately that they'll troll you or they'll make you wait for the inevitable because you know it's inevitable. So why, like, it, wrestling's not real. And the air of being like, oh, God, come on, get to the end, that's that's dead. And AEW knows that and has proven that it's known it time and time again. And the old way of WWE doing it and being like, well, you know he can't win it tonight because first you've got to get the heat. He's got to suffer some indignity against these complete losers before he eventually, like they're all put to one side and he beats Scorpio Sky in a fair match. I just don't think that's AEW. Mm. I think that is very WWE. And I think if this was on Raw and this was a big guy who we all really like against a champion who was overmatched, I think what they do is they have the champions running, but it's your Ethan Pages and your Dan Lamberts cost the big guy and then they build to a shark cage or they build to a thing where, right, there is absolutely nowhere for the heel to run. And then you get your comeuppance at the end, the babyface wins, but it's been like, nah, you were made to wait for it, and that's better. It's not better, and AEW have kind of shown countless times that sometimes it isn't better. Deliver what makes the most sense, and what makes the most sense is even when Scorpio Sky's got six allies on his side, American top team, or yeah, Lambert, or Page, whatever, Wardlow just pounds them into the dirt anyway, like he did all them security guards, and he wins the belt. And just quickly on this... It's not just about this one night and this one match and that scenario. They're in this period where I don't think AEW were booking particularly well. They were in grave danger of cooling Wardlow to the point of ruining all they've done with MJF. Him winning the belt tonight arrests that too. Yeah, it's, it's, he's right in, it in what he says, Sid, in terms of my WWE brain sees the stipulation of a street fight and suddenly thinks, oh, there's less chance of a title change in hands now, not more, because of the potential involvement of American top team. And like you say, oh, well, he didn't win it there, but when you tune in to the next pay-per-view, although well, that's not until September now, of course. Battle of the bail to some nonsense. Or unless, yeah, there's a TV yeah. special. And you think, oh, they drag it out to there, but I feel like tonight's the night for Wardlow. Yeah, am I right in thinking that it was alluded to that the... Various MMA fighters in top team might interfere in this match, and they are indeed encouraged and allowed by the stipulation. That's great stuff because it casts doubt over the outcome. It's also kind of a neat booking trick in the event of they do want to delay the gratification, um, and there'd be no shame in Wardlow being unable to um, subdue two ex-former UFC champions or whatever it would be. Um that would be a neat way to delay it, and you would, and you'd, but you then they start talking about these horrible WWE terms, as Hamlet says, like, "Oh, he's been protected in defeat," or you know, "Let it play out." And so I don't know. Ultimately, they could tell a story where Wardlow has Scorpio Sky's number. Scorpio Sky bumps wonderfully from there's some really cool table spots, and then Page, with his animated face, tries to do something and he can't do anything. And just when you think he's going to get to Lambert, there's a nut shot from Sky, and that's when. Dos Santos and maybe Masvidal or whoever swarming um, 
And eventually the odds are just too much, and Wardlow loses nothing because he's been kicked in by two wrestlers, um, two MMA guys, and just to rub the salt in the wound, it's actually Lambert who um, gets the low blow at the end. That's how he can claim that he was the one um, to put down the unstoppable Wardlow with like one nut shot or like one weapon shot and then Scorpio's guy does the pin and then Lambert can crow and crow and crow about this and then they get the rematch and all the rest of it. I think that would be a half decent story, genuinely. I know it is a bit WWE, but had Wardlow been hot, 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 hot since double or nothing and then they told this chapter where they delayed it, that would be great. They don't have the luxury of telling this chapter that it might still happen, in my opinion. Like, they've kind of significantly cooled them off. The, the security guards thing was a way better idea on paper. Yeah. And the problem is, in a roster so stacked, and kind of MGF to this end has had a little bit of a problem generating the same buzz he had over Double or Nothing weekend. There's just simply so many people on this roster that something else is going to get your attention or, you know, whatever. When Wardlow was cooling off in parallel with the Forbidden Door build, like, was Wardlow missed on Forbidden Door? No. Did anyone go out to shame Wardlow didn't get on this card? No, he was just kind of a guy who wasn't on the card at this point. Just kind of unthinkable during the build to Double or Nothing. But that's the risk they take if they don't belt him on tonight's show. Um, so, like, I would possibly just belt him as a make good, even if they had this original plan to just stack and stack and stack those odds. The one thing I will say to that, because I, yeah, I'm fully... But when MJF comes back, it's going to be electrified. Well, I was going to say, yeah. not, is there any danger of MJF getting involved in this? Like, Ooh. you get a, a JDS or an Andre Olofsky or Paige Van Zandt or whoever it may be getting involved in all this, and they all get kicked out. Even maybe, like you say, uh, Paige and that get kicked out. And then someone comes in and attacks uh, Wardlow, just as he seems to have him, like he's got an up for the F10 or whatever, gets, gets attacked, and they've got an American top team hoodie and all that. And they pull it down and it's MJF. One punch and it's it's got an even bigger diamond ring on it or something like that. <laughs> and that's what cleans him out. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know what the right angle is to bring MJF back in to without it feeling like he's bigger than it. Like he feels bigger than whatever's going on with the mm. TNT title. That's not to discredit Wardlow specifically. but I mean, the Wardlow stuff feels done. As yeah, well. that as well, yeah. Um, but what I will say for that, if, if they are going to delay, Dan Lambert, with, say, for example, five people, right, and not just security guards, Ethan Page, MMA guys, wrestlers, you know, like five people coming in and stopping Wardlow, subduing him at all costs for that Dan Lambert low blow and all that, just swarming him, basically. Dan Lambert is the perfect guy weeks later to be saying, well, it was no holds barred. Where was anyone to help you? Oh, that's right, you haven't got anyone. Like, you have got nobody. Like, not our fault that we've got American top team and that, you know, like, Scorpio Sky's got friends, Maybe if you weren't such an ass, like an arsehole all this time, that wouldn't be the case. And that builds Wardlow to having his first allies. And there's people that Dan Lambert has annoyed over the last few, like over the year or so that he's been in AEW. Cassidy. But Orange Cassidy, right? Yeah, who <laughs> of course is like white hot at the moment and has just had this really fun like pull apart with best friends and you know and all that sort of thing with the class match with Ethan Page. And it's Orange Cassidy is the first guy to help out Wardlow and Wardlow does it. That's one way to try and make good on it. But yeah, I just... I, I, they haven't given themselves the wiggle room to do this finish. Wardlow should mm. win and win convincingly in spite of the disadvantages that because he's overcome disadvantages to get to the point where he was super mm. over in the first place. That's what should keep him there. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It can't believe it's only been a week since Blood and Guts. It feels like an age ago because of all the madness that we've had over the last, what, 10, 10 or so days, obviously, including uh, Forbidden Door, etc., etc. But there will be some element of fallout regarding that. <laughs> there has to be. Tonight, Sige, um, you know, the, the road to uh, everyone is already talking about, of course, on social media for Daddy Magic's sensational promo, uh, which you should go and check out if you haven't seen already. But, you know, Eddie Kingston's not done. And we know from looking at social media, he wants to, he said last week, I'm still, you know, I still want to see what your blood tastes like. I still want to, you know, finally put this to bed and, 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 and get the proper W specifically over you, Jericho. He's not going to get that tonight because Jericho's right down here uh, <laughs> doing a doing a tour, obviously. So there's a potential there for everyone to be like, hey, we won. We beat the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Eddie Kingston's still stewing. Oh, and there's the whole Claudio thing as well. Yeah, they, um, if you recall, Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston had a match on Rampage. The second one they had on Rampage wasn't quite as good, I didn't think. But regardless, that's incidental to the point I'm making where there was a beat down with a strap. And a lot of people at the time thought, oh, well, they're doing a strap match, obviously, between Kingston and Jericho, because it's weird how these weapons materialize out of nowhere when you're building towards a gimmick match. <laughs> so that could be the blow-off. And the idea that, and again, it's a little bit similar, but it's classic. It's pro wrestling 101, guys. It's quite similar to the dog collar, but like Chris Jericho, in panic at Kingston, literally retreated up the cage because he didn't want to deal with, like, the this badass baby face who he'd pissed off and beaten down and embarrassed and all the rest of it. And, like, you know, nearly blinded and all the rest of it. So maybe the escape up the cage could be linked with the strap and it's different enough to the dog collar, I guess. Maybe I wouldn't do it in the same year. But, you know, a cowardly heel against a vengeful baby face is just something that works all the time. So, of course, you're going to get repeats of it. So that's one direction that could take and Kingston could issue the challenge. Like, in and around that, you could say, I can't, 
I need to get out my system with Claud- uh, Claudio. Claudio could beat him. Then Kingston could beat Jericho. And then they're saving Claudio versus Eddie down the line. Because for me, Eddie's got way more as a TV star presence than Claudio. I know I'm going completely on a tangent here. Like, maybe Claudio should be given a year to see, right, okay, can you be the top guy? I don't think he can. I don't think he's got the same television personality characteristics that Eddie does. So ultimately, I would sacrifice Claudio to Eddie, but that's another wrinkle that they could do um, over the next year or so. But yeah, they could issue the threat for the strap match or maybe just a quiet little pre-tape that just suggests that it isn't over and Eddie all but says it, building towards when they can actually do stuff with Jericho when he returns from the tour. I like the idea, certainly tonight, of Kingston laying out the challenge because he's a perfect guy to make one of those, like either a backstage 30-second vignette feel bigger. What if if Claudio does it? What lays out the challenge to Chris Jericho? He continues to misconstrue what it was that pissed Eddie off. (laughs) didn't get the big bad of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So Claudio was like, yeah, it was fun to celebrate, but we still need to teach Chris Jericho a lesson. I'm issuing a challenge to Chris Jericho, and Eddie Kingston blows his top, (laughs) pull-apart brawl where the Blackpool Combat Club members are tearing them off each other. Well, I had an idea for the King, how to like develop the Kingston Claudio stuff in league with finishing the Jericho one, of Kingston like insisting that he has one match against Jericho, but Jericho has no motivation to give him this match, does he? They have to make it convincing as to why he would bother at this point. Like he's lost blood and guts, but he didn't tap, and he knows that Kingston's going to be way more frustrated not getting to fight him again than anything else. So Jericho offers him the challenge of, and I, don't ask me what this, how this stipulation would work, but they would make it work to a sports entertainment rules match. Eddie Kingston has to accept the challenge of a sports entertainment rules Especially match. Especially go through the barricade wins. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> they could, and they could rip the piss out of it, right? So like, the, the, there'll be some rules that Jericho would lay out. Like, if you want me, it's going to be on my terms and it's going to be a sports entertainment. And Kingston is like furious about it, but he's going to take the match, right? But he's, he's absolutely furious about it. He's like, uh, even though I hate everything there is about sports entertainment, about guys that sell themselves out to take that dirty money when I'm a guy that needs to sell my boots... You got Claudio stood right there, being like, "I know you're talking about me, yeah, absolutely." And just like, like sensing it and forming it a little bit, and then obviously Kingston beats Jericho in the end, beats him at his own selling game, selling your soul and yodeling on yeah. television. Yeah, like that's what the- Kingston said to Mox for the full gear 2020 build as well. Yeah, like takes the match to get his match, beats Jericho in the in the sports entertainment rules, and then Claudio like with one of those like you know those really aggressive hard slaps on the back. Yeah, you're not bad at this sports entertainment thing after all, are you? Yes. Like, oh, so, like, oh yeah, Kingston like. <laughs> And then that's like you're you're off with yeah. those two. Like the the core of one of Kingston's many resentments towards a guy like Claudio. No, no. Pathetic. <laughs> I love the gimmick though of uh, Claudio can't he can't do right for doing wrong. So he's like Eddie. I know you know you weren't best. <laughs> what 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 happened last week? You were pissed off about it. But good news, I've sorted as a match with Jericho. And Eddie's like, oh, brilliant. Thanks very much, Claudio. I see I knew you were right. Sorry, you didn't let me finish. Jericho Appreciation Society. We're facing Daddy Magic and Cool Anna. Mother! You just need the killer instinct. I hooked you up with somebody at the Performance Center. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, now, there is a rule pamphlet that you apply to certain dynamites that guarantee they're going to be good for people who are unaware tell them what that is and then we'll talk about the match that this person's involved in when the blade is on dynamite it is an all-timer dynamite (laughs) and this started life as a bit of an office bit partly because murray loves the butcher and he's a butcher and the blade og absolutely we all like the butcher and the blade but he was like i will give him credit there he was an og for that and then 
Dynamite was in, the, for my, but like, I would say, to, what, Sidgwick's, like, what, early 2020? The January to the end of February 2020 is the, the peak for me. Would be my summer 2021, right? And, it, like, this is one of them great debates. Where it's like, what do you prefer? This wrestling you absolutely adore or this wrestling you absolutely adore? It's magic, right? Um, and it just so happened during this run, I noticed I was like, bang a dynamite after bang a dynamite after bang a dynamite where the crowds were coming back, where the booking was firing all cylinders, like you were in that run of, like, Yes, there was Punk and Brian and Cole, but it didn't feel like the roster was suddenly becoming over stuff. It was just, it was like, just before yeah, them, the exact, yeah, it was like just it was on the, the punk stuff, but mm-hmm. just on the cusp of Brian and Cole. But like, oh, these are just the guys we need, and that's fine. Everything was hitting, and it just happened that like the Blade was on the show a lot. So there would be like a Blade singles match. He was only there to lose, but he was an awesome, he was an awesome loser, a perfect pro wrestling jobber to the stars, and he looks absolutely class. He's a good heel. He has a defined character and defined motivations, and can like, eat a defeat without it really impacting anyone. And the Butcher and the Blade, as a tag team, kind of performed that same role. The hardest match was a goddamn living nightmare and sort of broke the rule a little bit as AEW embarked on this pretty lousy run they had. What was it? What we? Where are we sort of signposting this run? Is it from Revolution through to Double or Nothing, or is it kind of been a bit of a 2022 problem with exceptions, what's the? No, I think the build to Revolution was tremendous. Right, so we'll mostly, s- mostly tremendous. And Revolution had the dog collar match, which yeah, all timer stuff. So yeah. yeah, we'll say from Revolution onwards, the so, double or nothing build was just toilet. Yeah, so there was that tag match. So maybe tonight is the night where we find out for definite is the if if that Hardy's match was a mm. rule proven exception because the Butcher and the Blade and the Blade specifically are back and they're facing a team they're absolutely fine. They're, they're fine. fine swerving Keith Lee, swerving our glory, until they're not. <laughs> this, this was another tell, as well as the Blade being on Dynamite, that maybe AEW is going to be all right after all, because Swerve and Keith Lee's dissensions starting in a battle royal, being played out in the royal rampage when Swerve kind of had no problem eliminating friends, and just after a scene where Hangman Page and John Silver did a bit that was like, oh, I'm going to eliminate you, oh, I'm going to eliminate you. No, we're not. We're actually mates. If we have to in the last, at the very end, we'll deal with that then. Mm-hmm. But why Why would we do that now? All more paints like Swerve is a bit of an arsehole for doing it to Keith Lee when he really didn't need to and doing it to other baby faces when he didn't need to. Of course, the reason is competitive spirit. There's nothing wrong in that. But that's that's the heel's plausible deniability as well, mm-hmm. isn't it? So all of this stuff is really, really good. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade are typically just villainous like disturbers that you don't necessarily look at them as they're in there to potentially win but if they beat Swerve and Keith Lee then what does that say about Swerve and Keith Lee's unity or or on the other side of that they're a perfect team to beat to make it seem like everything is just fine look we beat the Butcher and the Blade we're absolutely fine and then when push comes to shove things team ties is the inevitable yeah Yeah, destination it's, it's good stuff yeah, I've got a good feeling about this. Yeah, I've got a good feeling about it as well. I think it's going to be a blow away great match, but the Butcher doing stuff with Keith Lee is going to be absolutely phenomenally <laughs> entertaining. Um, yeah, the tension that exists between Swerve and Our Glory is going to inform drama where realistically there isn't in pretty much any Butcher and the Blade match, but they're always fun, but they're always missing that thing. This one adds that thing, but as I said like a few times over the past however many weeks, I think they're going to implode against Team Taz because Team Taz against a seemingly reunited or smoothed over Swerve and Our Glory is like a big sort of cap for them. So I do like this booking a lot. Yeah, um, um, I think it's going to be a relatively straightforward win here because I think you're right. I think Team Taz is the big blow-off uh, and they're just going to keep poking them until then. What's not talked enough about the legendary breakup of the Hart brothers um, when he Owen kicked Brett's leg out of his leg after the Quebecers loss 
is obviously they had this fallout with the Survivor Series a few months prior, and then they made up over Christmas. Heart gear. Yeah. love this one specific promo. So like Brett has said, Brett has gone. I'm just going to not be a singles wrestler. I've had a good run as a singles guy. I'll go back into the tag teams to help elevate Owen. We're going to win the tag belts. And Brett is saying this as if, like, I will commit to being a tag wrestler forever with you, Owen, right? Owen's done jack shit at this point in WWE, and Brett is offering to do this. What a guy. And Owen's like, sort of, they do this backstage promo where, like, Owen's sort of saying, like, you know, and uh, the rocket is going all the way at the top. I got Brett, and he does this little yeah, punch yeah. on the side of his face, like, I got Brett, he's there, he's going to help me, but the rocket's going to get his moment. <laughs> and, like, you know... Oh my God, things are not all fine. Oh but they've had this <laughs> supposed makeup over Christmas, and it's that what made the turn as great as it was. So you've got to almost like the everything is fine bit is sort of the best bit because like, it's all it's all absolutely. F- if you travel back to 1994, you dickheads, <laughs> you'd be saying I'm a Vince McMahon shill and I'm biased against WCW because I would be putting over. Great stories that they told at this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When do I get to do that anymore, dickheads? Maybe they, plot, maybe they plotted them eight to 12 months at a time around a swimming pool, and it was just that easy to do yeah. it. You know? I just want Keith Lee to say, Richard Starks, William Hobbs. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's going to be is like. I was going to sw- try to get sw- a Sweeney Todd reference in there. I remember he's a barber and not a butcher. So that doesn't Mr. Really work. Strickland. <laughs> Mr. Strickland? Ah, yes. I see that you know your tag team wrestling well. Good one. Uh, what's next, Sage, for Christian Cage and Luchasaurus? Oh, sure, I say Derek Luchasaurus. Derek Luchasaurus, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe another Luchasaurus uh, squash. I'm fine with another Christian Cage promo hitting on Jungle Boy's mom. Like, how, can, <laughs> how, how can he be more of a dick? What a great hook this is. Put Luchasaurus in a turtleneck as well. He was even more of a dick than he was the day that he said that Jungle Boy's dad is dead. (laughs) And how can he he top this? It's like, how much more dark... This is dark Christian Gates, but then dark Luchasaurus. Yes. Maybe another squash, because there's four matches announced at the minute. And the whole idea is that Christian Cage wants to ride these horses until to the pay window. And then when they sort of, the legs get tied, he's like, right, hop onto another one. (laughs) So it kind of works. Is it bad of me to just have thought of an idea there, which is him coming out and going, guys, look, I've seen the comments on social media, I've seen what people are saying, and you know, me and me and Luchasaurus here, we've we've seen the error of our ways. So here he is, he's back from Jurassic Express. It's Marco Stun, and then yeah. Luchasaurus murders him again in the middle of the ring. That's great. That'd be pretty great. Um What else they could do is the idea that I was talking about. Is uh <laughs> <laughs> Stunt could be part of this chapter, but Soros gets the one minute wins. Oh, you got a, a match? Cool. It's just an angle. This is purely selfish because I thought the match was absolutely tremendous and it's long forgotten as much as the pandemic output is. Christian Cage will be so consistent with his character, getting all of these little wins out for uh, Derek Luchasaurus. Um, you've got that on over as well. Yeah. He gets everything over. What's this? Derek Luchasaurus. And then he can get to Luch- Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. Remember the, <gasps> oh, yes. Remember that Lumberjack match? That was just yeah, ridiculous. Was and <laughs> <laughs> Run that back in front of fans. Has Christian, like, along, because I've got such, I'm so impressed with this long-term story. And I was trying to backtrack through. Has Christian 
like, is there anyone that you can think of that he's made any partial enemies with while he's been the manager of Jurassic Express, while they've been having this nicey-nicey run? Did he fall afoul one day of, like, an evil Uno in a battle royal or something like that? And I just wonder if the people could set Luchasaurus on, like, sort of, you know, like Christian Cage addresses his enemies, basically, yeah. and, he does it, <laughs> and he does it through a dark Luchasaurus. That's, like, is there people... I'm just wondering, if you trace it back through, in his little adventure in AEW, is there something that's like... I remember that, you prick. And that's exactly who Christian Cage is, and he remembers. And Even when he's a babyface, he's kind of a prick to everyone. Yeah. He's a character trait, so there's people that could fold in, I'm sure, but they were mostly heels he was being mm. a prick against. Or to whom? I just, um, like you say, I'm so excited to, you raised a piece of, sh- your dad's dead, Give me get your mum to give me a call. The only surviving member of the, the Perry... Uh, dynasty. <laughs> what's what's left? Like where, like you say, where do you go from here? But I'm I'm invested and and I have hope, in weird hope, but I have hope in him topping what is said before. Well, this is it again because there's what they've delivered on is so much of what's already happened. This feels planned. Mm. There is there is more to come. It'll be staggered out. The Jungle Boy returned for like a legit injury, isn't it? So that's, I believe so. Yeah, it's not the worst time to have a legit injury when he's playing a guy that's been written off television. That's worked out quite well, I guess. Like Luchasaurus can have this path of absolute terror led by Christian while Christian deals with all these little petty grudges and cuts these awesome little promos about his family it'll time out really nicely for when Jungle Boy returns and they've got something they've got something with real heft when Jungle Boy gets to play the X-Pac to Luchasaurus's cane and can he be the guy that humanises Luchasaurus and brings him back to the side of good rather than Christian Cage the answer will be no originally but there's some cool stuff they can do with that uh, finally, on tonight's uh, Dynamite, we have the debut of Thunderstorm. Uh, for those who didn't see Rampage, what is Thunderstorm? It's something that we should have come up with absolutely ages ago and yeah. didn't, and I'm furious about that, quite honestly. Uh, Storm and Thunder Rosa shook hands at the end of their Forbidden Door match. Uh, Tony Storm has made no secret that she wanted to just get back on the horse straight away, get back up the rankings and get another title shot, and did so by trying to have a match on Rampage and when she got beaten down by... Uh, Marine Shafir and Nyla Rose, Thunder Rose made the save because of the mutual respect, and now they're going to be a tag team. Um, which, you know, as I've suggested on a couple of other podcasts, might be implying something because Don't, I'm not talking as about Michael Sidrick, as my learned <laughs> colleague has referenced over the years across several promotions, why be a tag team in a div- in, uh, like without a tag division? So, what, what does that say? But it's a great play on words, and uh, this is the one women's match, so it's. I don't know. There's at least a, a minor story attached. Just remember the game. Sorry, I was mouthing that to you there. Okay. The one we have to guess what time it starts. Ah. Oh. Well, this is ladies' night. I'm going to go. We should play another game as well, very quickly after this as well, because there's only four matches announced on the card, so we should probably do the gimmick because there's there's, there's almost certainly going to be at least one more. So, but, Tony, so Tony Khan always adds it on Twitter with one of them crazy tweets with all like his hashtags and all of his mm-hmm. his very Tony Khanisms, and it's always like last minute. Can we call that game Shtick of Dynamite? Because <laughs> it's all his Twitter shtick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I liked it. Um, well, apparently, th- my new phone is nice auto corrected your name to Hamilton. Here's <laughs> <laughs> a game. What's it going to correct Wilborn to? Ooh, Ooh. Bourbon. Oh, yeah, a Will Bourbon biscuit. <laughs> you know that? I think I might. Uh, Amphlet, why don't you... Seeing as I'm the only one who's got this... Wellborn. Right, so. Shall I go first, actually? Adam Wellborn. Adam Wellborn. I'll go first. First chance to play this game with you guys. One hour, 
So is this these guys, or is it any other woman's match? Fir- again, I will once so again further explain sorry. the rules of this. This lead is nine. I'm thinking, So it's the first, the minute in the hour, minute and second mm-hmm. of the very first time you hear the one women's match on dynamite. The first entrance theme. Gosh. It might also be the last, but it has to be the entrance theme. That's just the rules we've arbitrarily decided upon. If he adds a second one as the last minute thing, that that then becomes so it's that matchup. When would, why would he ever do that? Yeah, yeah. but not not consider it. <laughs> I'll go with um, one hour, twenty one minutes. I need the seconds as well. Yeah, and eighteen seconds. It's just like the fight. You've got like the counter yeah. at the bottom or something. Yeah. So for the game, ladies nine, I'm thinking oh, what a need. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's a lyric, but it is now. It, it is, is now. now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go, hang on. So we, I assume Moxley Brody King's main event. Hopefully give it a bit of time, actually, considering, like you say, there's only one, two, three, four matches on this card. There'll be more. Yeah, granted. <laughs> I think it's going to be a little bit later because I always get that little bit of panic when I'm watching going, uh, Still got this and this in my head, and the main event to go, and they, and then they managed. He always managed to just about to turn it around. I'm going to go one hour twenty nine, pushing it. Oh, nice entrance actually. One twenty eight, ten. Right. So for my pick for this is leaders night. I'm thinking no one need. One hour. Let's put the difference. Let's put the difference. Yeah. 20 Fower, which is how Geordie say for, but a trivia. <laughs> bit of Proper Geordie say Fower. Gross. Like people from Newcastle upon Tyne, England. Yeah. Like my father <laughs> included. Father say Fower. Say, time says Fower. What? <laughs> I don't even know. I just don't, I just don't know how this happens. So one, 20 Fower. Fower de Fower. That's easy to remember. Uh, so the extra match that will be added, uh, how do you want to do this? Uh, do you want to, you pick one and you pick one? Yeah, yeah, opponents. Okay. Uh, I am scrolling through the AW roster page. Tell me when to stop and then pick oh, me. We don't in. get to pick it. It's just a random. That's yeah, a yeah. Random. That's, that's good. We are booking. I've got what it actually is, by the way. Hangman Page in action. I think Hangman Page wrestles tonight, wins an easy, straightforward match. That They are doing a awesome job of Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. Like, are they going to make friends again? It's, I, I love, I, I absolutely love the, mm. love the bones of this. It feels yeah. like AEW again. And Hangman Page and the Young Bucks versus CM Punk and FTR. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, stop. Number between one and four? Four. Isaiah Cassidy of okay. Private Party versus Michael Sidgwick. Stop. Two. <laughs> I was thinking. I like this game, but the fun is when we do it with like WWE alumni roster is it's you know it's a bit of banter with it. One man gang. But we're never we're never gonna get that. Michael Hamflet, would you like to say who um Isaiah Cassidy's gonna be facing? He picked two, by the way. <laughs> well, if you'd have picked Fower, you would Fowler. have Fower, you would have had Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh. If you'd have picked three, you would have had Penta. Pen- Peter Avalon. Better. <laughs> if you'd have picked one, it would have been all Atlantic Championship action. Pack versus Isaiah Cassidy. That'd be awesome. Pretty cool, actually. This is but better. you pick number two. So, well, it's a big show yeah. tonight because you've just put Paul White in action. Squashing <laughs> Isaiah Cassidy with the weapon of mass destruction of Chuck Slam. No more BS. 88 seconds, baby. Get in, get out. 
That match has anti oh energy. <laughs> I love that. <coughs> anyway, you could have gone. Nick Jackson, Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy, Ray Phoenix is around there. Stars no, everywhere. I want Big Show. I don't. <laughs> the antithesis of Sidgwick. Oh my! Oh my God! Paul White versus Derek Luchasaurus. <laughs> it's Big Show Kane in AEW. Uh, I've never wanted Big Show in my life. Was Christian? Ha- oh my God! Christian was like yes, chance. From day one, Christian was like from day one. You set me up to fail, Big Show. You fat piece of crap. And he sets Luchasaurus on him. I actually quite like that. As long as he can, just, he can commentate on <laughs> elevation all he likes, that's all he can do for me. Well, there you have it. Let's <laughs> know your thoughts ahead of Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. I tell you what, if you're going on holiday and you're thinking, oh, bloody hell, I'm sort myself a book to read by the pool. Best one of best one ever. Yep. Becoming All Elite. <laughs> the Rise of AEW is available right now. It is genuinely fantastic. It's written by Michael Sidgwick. It's available on Amazon right now. Well, as, um, unless I'm mistaken, they've not yet started putting it in drawers in hotel rooms. Oh, well, that'll come. That'll, that'll come. come. It'll replace that. Is it Gideon? Is that the guy? I forgot they are. Anyway, they'll replace that <laughs> silly red book. <laughs> Adam Wilborn on Twitter for me. At WhatCultureWWE for all of us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Our Dynamite review will be on there tomorrow. And our NXT Great American Bash will be out a little bit later on today as well. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.